There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning to the podcast. We'd like to welcome you to our new week of podcasts as we enter into the mid part of November. We're thankful for the word of God. Thank for each and every one of you that listen. I said many times in this podcast, we hope folks that use this for commuting one way or the other, sometimes both ways. We've had folks that have asked us if we can make a longer podcast. But I say to you, my friend, to do a little bit longer would just take a whole lot more work. And so what I've asked is I wish some other good men out there would just do podcasts time to time. Even if it's a weekly podcast, we had five or six men do a weekly podcast. Uh, then folks could listen at least once a day. They could have a podcast. Somebody did one on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then have a daily doctrine devotional, 15 minutes. I think it'd be a great blessing. I think it'd be a great help to me. Then I also could listen to podcasts. I don't want to listen to myself. I really don't say anything that really I, I've learned from, from me. There's nothing new that I say that's like an awakening. I go, oh my goodness, I've never seen that before. And so therefore, I wish some men would, would do a podcast. If you need some help with it, let me know. I'll be glad to help. I know we've had a lot of guest preachers on the podcast. But I also know this is also going to be quite tedious for you. If you decide to do a podcast, it's a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of time. It's going to consume you. Uh, there's times that you're going to be absolutely overwhelmed with it, but welcome to the ministry. That's what the Lord does. And so anyway, just things to consider. We've got a lot of commuters listening. We've got a lot of folks that listen to homeschool, chapel services, folks who just listen at home. And I thank God for each and every one of you. We're back here on this new week. We're in Matthew chapter 17 once again. We see that they've gone up to the mount. And they've seen Jesus Christ, and they've seen him in his glory, and they've seen Elijah, and they've seen uh, Moses. But now in verse 14, when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying. Now, I know many preachers over the years that have used this for a life of verse. And uh, I know a man that got up in a public uh, meeting with probably about 150 people there and offended the host pastor greatly by saying this was his life verse and reading this. And it's, the wife got offended. He got offended. So I've always kind of laughed about this, but I guess I should only laugh at the humor of that. Not what the verse says. But he said in verse 15, Lord, have mercy on my son. And there's a colon there. For he is a lunatic and sore vexed. It's a sentence within a sentence once again. For all times he falls into the fire and oft into the water. Now, again, we're going to look at this. We're going to read this without that middle sentence. It reads like this, Lord, have mercy on my son, for oft times he falls into the fire and oft into the water. So he's telling you why he needs mercy, why he wants the Lord to have mercy upon his son. He falls off into the fire, into the water. What a terrible thing. Why, he's a lunatic. He tells you that in the middle of the verse, and sore vexed. And therefore, because that lunatic, he's in control of the forces of this earth, the lunar cycles and such. And really, when Jesus Christ is going to deal with him, he tells them, man, I brought him to the disciples, and they could not cure him. And we're dealing with a generation of lunatics. We're dealing with a generation of people that are sore vexed. We're dealing with a generation of people that harm themselves, in, inflict harm upon themselves willfully and deliberately. I had a man recently came to quite a few of our special services, one place we were at, and he's diagnosed paranoid schizophrenic. 
I know there's mental illness, so I was not shocked by this, but in my own family, this mental illness been diagnosed, manic depressive and bipolar, some schizophrenia. And uh, you see that a lot of folks say, well, it's all genetic. And I really beg to differ on that because Jesus Christ, when he touched this man's son, we're going to see how he rebuked the devil. It's what the word of God said. He rebuked the devil. And I know nobody wants to deal with that other world. Nobody wants to deal with the, the devil, devils of this world, the affliction of the devils. But it really is what we deal with in ministry today. And it's not that we're sitting there with holy water and a crucifix and we're waving smoke over everybody trying to cast out devils. You're a fool if you cast out a devil because he might just cling on to you. And I know the old adage, you know, well, you know, you can only be oppressed by a devil now that you're saved. Well, you know, I'm not going to disagree with a man that says that, but you know the reality. Do you really want to be oppressed by a devil? I mean, can you tell me what's this with being possessed and being oppressed? Either way, you're in bondage. Either way, you're in shackles. Either way, you can't be yourself. You can't do what you need to do because of the devils. And so we're dealing with this in ministry today, and nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody really wants to, it's that kind of elephant in the room, but he kind of, you know, hints around, and then some people flee from it. And I remember the old timers saying back in the day that, and I go back to the old book of, of years ago, To Kill a Mockingbird, but when we saw that mad dog coming down the street, what did they do? They would have killed that dog. And I heard an old preacher many years ago, he said back when he was a boy, there were mad dogs and mad cows and mad pigs, and he said, you don't see that anymore. And he said, but he believes enough people on earth uh, that, that are inhabited with devils, that the devils don't have to go into the animals anymore. And I've never disputed that, never questioned that, never wondered one time if that was the case or not. I believe as much as I'm sitting here, there are people all up and down the street on which I live would be gladly be possessed with devils. They gladly would open that door. Abuse can open that door. Sexual perversion can open that door. And just absolute despondency. When do the devils come? When do devils come when people are despondent, when they need a friend? They invite devils to come. Why? Because that despondency is driven to a place they're seeking something. What do little girls do that dress gothic? Why do they delve into that? Because they've been seriously wounded. They've been hurt. Someone's either stole their purity, stole their life from them, stole their childhood from them. They're wounded. They cover themselves with tattoos and piercings and paint, and they go gothic, and they go for that look, or they go with the rainbow hair, they become a lesbian. Why? Because of the hurt. Because someone has wounded them. So what does it do? It opens up a door to anybody that'll be their friend. Who's going to be a friend to somebody like that? The devil is going to be. Devils will gladly come and appeal to you and appeal to your nature and be a friend to you and show you a better way and show you witchcraft and show you all the, the trapments of witchcraft and devil worship and anti-God behavior, which includes sodomy and lesbianism. They're glad to do that. We're in a generation filled with devils. Go to the prisons where our friend Brother Dale Morey goes and just see row after row of men just filled with devils in their own feces, in their own vomit, lying there, filthy, unclean, violent, angry. And everybody says, well, that's, that's just the prisoner. No, there are people on the streets like that. Now they've medicated themselves. Doctors have come and given them pills and they've toned down their thinking. I've watched people like that in services. They get so agitated, they cannot sit there. I've watched them get uncontrollable bowel movements in the middle of the service and have to run out. Service after service after service. Why? Because God is trying to work and the devils absolutely torture them. And they cannot get that thing straight. And it's an awful thing. You say, do you have perfect light on that? No, I'm surmising some of these things, but I'm surmising them with some wisdom. I'm not going to close an eye to this and, and act like it doesn't exist and just so that I feel more comfortable, just so my family can be comforted at night, knowing that very well my children are under attack, my wife's under attack, I'm under attack daily, continually, constantly. He's an idiot. He's sore vexed. Why? He has devils. The Word of God tells you that a little bit, a couple of verses down here. What is he doing? He falls into the fire and off into the water. Why? He's trying to harm himself. 
Why do people do self-harm? Because of devils. If the devil can convince you to kill yourself, and even more so to take people with you, he's got a great victory. Lewiston, Maine, home of Rancourt and Company Shoes, the only famous thing I know in Lewiston, Maine, the mass shooter a couple weeks ago. Because we go through Maine all the time, it made the news, we paid attention. It goes in there and kills all those people, kills himself. The devil has a great victory. Why? Souls have perished and gone to hell, died without Christ. Why do they do that? Because the devil has the upper hand. The devil has a victory. Man's possessed with devils. He goes, he kills others, takes his own life. He himself dies and goes to hell. In hell today, most likely, that man. How could a man be a murderer like that, willfully lay for people and be saved? I know the easy believing crowds. Well, he made profession he was seven, but I still have a little trouble buying that. Sorry, easy believers in crowd. And if you let him in the sinner's prayer, then God have mercy on you for doing that. Uh, in fact, God will not have mercy on most that do that. And yet they, he, he's made this little profession of faith. He went and killed all these people, then blew his own brains out. But he just, you know, he really was just deluded. He loved the Lord. No, he had devils. And we don't want to talk about that because we want to believe what the scripture says. He said, I brought to the disciples, they could not cure him. Jesus answered and said, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? Now, there's a lot of thought that he's speaking to his disciples there. And I can understand why he would be, but I think he's also speaking to the nation of Israel. These things are faithless. They're perverse. Why does this man have devils? Because of the perversion of Israel. Israel has invited devils into their nation. They've invited gods into their nation. What do you think accompanies Dagon? What do you think accompanies Baal? What do you think accompanies these gods? Devils. Why are priests slashing themselves and blood pouring out of them trying to appeal to Baal? Because of devils. Why can't they see that? They've invited these devils into their nation. Brother Herbert, my former pastor, years ago preached that great message on when the children would not cross over the Jordan and they and the Reuben, Manasseh, the half-tribe of Manasseh and the children of Gath would not cross over. They said this land is good for cattle. Mother Herbert, fast forward to that man of Gad, that maniac in Gadari. And why is he a maniac? He's filled with devils. He's possessed with a legion of devils. What is he doing? He's feeding the swine. Why is he feeding the swine? Brother Herbert preached that great message. When your cattle turn to swine, they would not cross over. They would not obey God. They would not go into the land. God had promised them. They said, no, this land is good enough for us. And Moses conceded that. But boy, they paid a price for that. Next thing you know, they're up there feeding abomination, up there feeding swine. And so it is with the church today. And if you don't take this thing the whole way to Jesus Christ and cross over, and get these things right with God. So it'll be one day your children will be feeding the swine. Your children will be involved in abominations, correcting the Bible, uh, teaching the Bible is not the word of God. These abominable things and your children will be knee deep, lock, stock, and barrel in it. Sodomy will be okay. Gay marriage will be okay. Abortion will be okay. Denying the word of God will be okay. Changing the Bible will be okay. Why? Because their mom and dad would not cross over Jordan, but they were subject to the devils on the other side of the land. And now they're up there feeding those swine, those abominable creatures. And they're feeding those swine and calling it God and saying we're right with God and this is a good thing. And they go down there and they worship where they sway and they got strobe lights and they got backbeats and everything going on with the music and say this is God and it's an abomination to God. Because those devils have seduced people. Those devils have sold people a bill of goods. People are miserable. That's why they medicate. Had to put themselves to sleep at night. They're miserable. They're entrapped in religion. And yet devils abound. They could not because of a faithless and perverse generation. How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, singular. He had a devil and departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. And there's an interesting thought there that you can run through a lot of scenarios today. 
There's a lot of folks that have brought damnation onto themselves because they've eaten and drinking unworthily. They've taken that body of Jesus Christ and they did not consider it was a holy thing. They took that unworthily, took that cup unworthily, and they ate and drank damnation to themselves. They would not consider the Lord's body. And my friend, there are folks in that predicament. There are also folks in that predicament because of devils. They've been subject to the torment of devils. They stick around religion. They hang around religion trying to get some kind of a relief, but they will not bow the knee. They will not uh, give themselves wholly to Jesus Christ. They're a perverse generation. They won't submit themselves to repentance. They will not change their thinking. They will not change their mind. They live in that torment day and night around a King James Bible, looking at the light, wondering if it's real, wondering if it's true, wondering if this actually exists. They are the faithless and the perverse generation. They do not see God. Yet they sit around a King James Bible church. They like the standards. They like the pretty girls in dresses. They like the clean cut boys. Uh, they like the good singing. Uh, they like the word of God. They don't even mind a little bit of entertaining preaching once in a while. They themselves will not submit to the glory of God and the person of Jesus Christ. This child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. And again, I don't recommend you cast out devils. I don't recommend you go out there and try to find devils to cast out. You'd be crazy if you try that. My friend, the Lord Jesus Christ is the answer. Preaching of the cross is the answer. Faith in Jesus Christ is the answer. You keep preaching and some will find relief. I know men that were possessed with devils that have been saved, saved by the good grace of God. They're seated and clothed in their right minds today because of what Jesus Christ has done. I know ladies who are possessed with devils, and the entrance of thy word giveth light. Those devils had to flee. Jesus Christ made, a, made an appearance on the scene and entered into their life, and what a difference it made. And my friend, you just keep preaching the cross. You keep preaching Jesus Christ. You don't have to get caught up in all these devils. I rarely preach on them. It popped up in the message today, so we're going to deal with them. But the reality is you just preach Jesus Christ. He is the answer to the problem. He is the answer to devils. He is the answer to that that plagues people. The child was cured. Why? It appeared like a sickness. That's what he speaks. It appeared like a sickness. Are you listening? It appeared as though he was diseased. He had something wrong with him. He had something going on in his brain. And he did have something going on in his brain. He had a devil. And then God cast out that devil. That young man was cured from that very hour. And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. How be it, talking about the devils now, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. And so again, when they abode in Galilee, Jesus said to them, the Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of men, they shall kill him, and the third day shall be raised again. They were exceeding sorry. He begins to... Uh, give them that message one more time. Begins to put in their thinking. I'm not going to be here long. There's a time coming. The scribes are going to take and kill me. They're going to take and they're going to slay me. But God himself is going to raise me up again. He's begun to preach his death that is to come. He begins to remind them continually through the rest of the book of Matthew. And when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Peter and saith, Does not your master pay tribute? And he saith, yes. And when he was coming to the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon, or whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Of their own children or of strangers? Peter saith unto him, Of strangers. Jesus saith unto him, Then are the children free. Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea, cast an hook, and take up the fish that first cometh up. When thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money that take and give unto them for me and thee. And so Jesus Christ, again, provides to pay, to render, if you will, 
That was his tribute money. Why is that? Because he owes that tribute money. He lives in that land. He walks on their roads. He looks at their walls. And he said, you know what? We're free. Yes, we're free indeed. But we're going to pay this tribute money. So is the life of the believer. We've been made free in Christ. We're not in bondage to the government. But you know what you do? You just pay your taxes. Unless you want to drive on a gravel road with potholes, unless you want to drive on a road with no lines, unless you want to drive with no street lights, unless you want to go out and have to deal with the things of the affairs of life and no utilities and no electric service and no sewer and no water and all the affairs of life, all of the, unless you want to deal with it, just go ahead and pay your taxes. Uh, just quit arguing about your tax money and just pay it. Render to Caesar that which is Caesar's. And Jesus Christ provides, again, the miracle of the fish. He goes out and finds that coin in the mouth of the fish to pay that tribute. We're going to stop there. Matthew chapter 17 is done. Lord, we'll be back on here tomorrow with Matthew chapter 18. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelists.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church. 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption all at night. Now the angels of God are rejoicing For the prodigal child has come home And the saints all with gladness are singing The glorious song of the redeemed